0: Everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of Exploited. I'm Alexis Jowski.
1: And I'm still waiting for my psychokinetic powers to develop.
0: Aren't we all? I'm Kevin Daly. This week we are talking about Carrie, 1976, directed by the great Brian De Palma. He
2: is a very talented
0: director. Oh, he's like one of my favorites. And this is one of his best. It's
2: the night of the senior prom. The Bates High School gym is alive with excitement everybody is there even carrie white the girl no one likes oh sorry about this incident cassie it's carrie and everyone makes fun of (laughs) the girl who lives in that creepy house with her crazy mother
3: See the sin of her days and ways. Show her that if she had remained sinless, the curse of blood would never have come on her.
2: The girl with the strange power. If I concentrate
3: hard enough, I can move things.
2: But tonight, no one will laugh at Carrie. If you don't have a date for the prom next Friday, would you like to go with me? She's with the best-looking boy in the senior class.
3: He's trying to trick me.
2: She'll be voted queen of the prom.
3: You know, I can make sure that you don't hurt Carrie White anymore.
2: For Carrie, it will be a dream come true. For everyone else, it will be a nightmare. (coughs) Carrie. (coughs) a New film by Brian De Palma. Based on the chilling bestseller. starring Sissy Spacek, Piper Laurie, and introducing John Travolta in his first motion picture role. If you have a taste for terror, you have a date with Carrie.
0: So we did have to change. We were going to do a different movie this week. I mean, I mean the theme was going to be um, you know bullied kids getting revenge, but the other movie was no longer available to stream, and because we follow the law, we had to pick a different movie.
1: Yeah, we didn't go. We didn't go torrent digging.
0: <laughs> yeah, because we'd like you all to see the movies too.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's more fun if you have if you're hearing us talk about something and go, oh shit, I really want to see that, and you could actually you know go and do it.
0: Yeah, and you can see Carrie because it's free on Tubi.
1: It is. I love Tubi.
0: Yeah, this one as well as the remake. They're both on Tubi. Yeah,
1: the remake's not bad, by the way. We're not covering that this week, but I, I did not mind it.
0: We can give it some some lip service.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a little different than this one, but it's a good. It's good. I think it's underrated.
0: Yep. So, uh, my my first note here is so much awesome in this movie. I fucking love it.
1: Yeah, it's 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 pretty pretty good.
0: Uh, we got Sissy Spacek, Academy Award winner for Coal Miner's Daughter. Yep. She was also nominated for Carrie. <laughs> and this is her- Stephen King's first book, first published novel, by the way. Yes, Stephen King's first published novel.
1: 1974, Hi- so he got that right out the gate, got an adaptation.
0: Yep. Uh, Piper Laurie plays Margaret White. Yeah. Uh, she did a lot of stuff in the, the Golden Age of Hollywood, did a lot of stage work. She did Shakespeare. She, got, she is
1: very good here, Yeah, but man, that character.
0: She got nominated for Best Actress in The Hustler, and she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress in Carrie.
1: She is very, very, very good here, but that character is... Ooh.
0: And then, the um, as the trailer points out, introducing John Travolta in his first film role.
1: Yep, this is... Pre-Saturday Night Fever John Travolta. Pre-Grease John Travolta.
0: But during Welcome Back, Cotter. He was popular on TV from Welcome Back, Cotter.
1: Yeah, he's just breaking into, like, wide distribution.
0: And we have PJ Souls plays the tomboyish Norma. We had her um, recently in Uncle Sam. Yes, we did. And, of course, Brian De Palma, one of my absolute favorite directors. Still working. Still making movies.
1: He's a very good director.
0: Not quite the the quality that he, he used to have, but he's still still at it.
1: I mean, you can't. I mean, everyone has duds. Let's be honest.
0: Yeah, then he had a bunch in a row, you know. And I'll still defend Snake Eyes to this day, even though people say that's when De Palma ended. But Snake Eyes, I f- still feel, is a good movie that is recognizably a De Palma movie.
1: I like Snake Eyes. I like the Black Dahlia as well.
0: Yeah. So the film begins with girls playing volleyball, and if they're immediately bullying poor Carrie. They're like, "Oh, toss the ball to Carrie; she'll blow it. You can't." Yeah, it's it.
2: like
1: <laughs> girls. It's just a fucking PE volleyball game.
0: Well, I mean, you remember playing baseball as a kid, where it's like, "Oh, look who's up to bat! Everybody move in."
1: Yeah, but afterwards, one of the girls just like smacks her. <laughs> like, but it's.
0: Yeah, she gets hit, and hit in just the it. face with the volley- volleyball, they lose the game, and everyone's all mad at her. And they, they are,
1: the girls in this movie are mean for just mean's sake.
0: They are. And then the meanest girl of them all, Chris Harginson, she comes up and says, you eat shit. And she is played by Nancy Allen. Uh, Nancy Allen, um, well, she she married Brian De Palma after this. Um and she was in several of his other movies. She was in home movies, Dress to Kill, Blowout. And then she divorced De Palma in eighty four and went on to do her most famous role. Do you know what that one is?
1: Oh, the name's so familiar, but I can't remember.
0: She plays Officer Ann Lewis in the Robocop movie. That's
1: right. She's she's uh Murphy, right? No, not Murphy's the guy, but Murphy's, yeah, the partner. Murphy's, Murphy's partner. Peter Weller. <laughs> yeah, Peter Weller's partner.
0: His partner. Is is Nancy Allen.
1: Right. You wouldn't think looking at her in this movie like She's going to pay kind of a, a tomboyish cop in
0: RoboCop in like eight years. Oh yeah, because she's absolute mean girl here. Yeah. And um... Completely oh, incidentally, yeah, I have Based on the novel by Stephen King in my notes for some fucking reason, as if like we didn't know. We didn't know that. It was patently is obvious. <laughs> apparently the third Stephen King movie we've had?
1: What else have we did? Pet we Cemetery. Did, uh, Pet Cemetery. What was the
0: other one? I don't know. Maybe we've only had one, and I wasn't thinking when I wrote the note.
1: Bed Cemetery. Did, did we do something that was like a really like loose adaptation?
0: Maybe. I mean, I don't know. We've done a hundred and seven episodes, according to. So it's hard to yeah. remember them all. Yes.
1: And if you guys remember, if we did another Stephen King, you remember Bed Cemetery?
0: Remember Bed Cemetery? That was pretty recent too. Yeah. We did that just for Father's Day last month
1: jesus yeah we did just do that last month yeah well maybe we did maybe we didn't it's hard to say we're so bad at
0: this um (laughs) so yeah the opening credits i love the opening credits um and it's not because of the nudity the nudity actually feels irrelevant given the scene
1: it feels exploitive
0: it does yeah Eh, eh. It's a bunch of girls, you know. They're they're doing the that's right after gym class, and they're all showering, and they're all in the locker room, and they're all just yeah. The,
1: right, the majority of this scene is just exploitation, like straight up.
0: But they're also just being teen girls. They're not being sexy. They just happen to be naked,
1: <laughs> which makes it feel all more exploitive in some in some way, right? It's like there's completely no reason
0: true this. true it is because they're just joking around they're they're talking to each other and hitting each other and just but they're all naked
1: my comment was nudity for reasons with girls who are supposed to be high schoolers not sure how i feel about that i guess we are doing a show called exploited and it doesn't get much more exploitive oh. than random nudity with no
0: purpose they are seniors so they might be 18
1: <laughs> <laughs> or they might be the winger special
0: oh yeah She's my cherry pie, oof. <laughs>
1: that's, that's, uh, that's Warrant. I'm thinking like Seventeen, that's that song. Oh,
0: you're right, yeah. that is Warrant. I, I confused Warrant and Winger.
1: <laughs> All of those bands are the same. Hair metal is hair
0: metal. Hair metal is pretty pedoey.
1: <laughs> it can be, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and it, but it's playing this for like really dreamy music. The music is by Pino Donaggio, Italian! Hey! He would go on to score Piranha.
1: Ooh, okay, okay.
0: A bunch of other De Palma films, including Black Dahlia.
1: I don't really recall Black Dahlia's score, but I also, I liked the overall vibe of the movie, so I'm sure the score was part of that.
0: And um, a bunch of Italian films, of course. Lot of Lots of horror. He's still working, by the way. Dang. <laughs> but his soundtrack to Carrie is Chef's Kiss, is my note. <laughs> soundtrack to this movie is perfect. It is very And then we also get, um, Amy Irving plays Sue Snell. Um, she's like the good girl of the bullies, eventually. Well, she
1: she's the one that realizes, hey, I did some pretty fucked up shit. Maybe I shouldn't do this fucked up shit.
0: Yep, she, um, right after this, she would go on to star in De Palma's next movie, The Fury. Uh Uh-huh. And get this, she plays a girl with telekinetic powers. Hmm. Like, literally, the Fury has a lot in common with Carrie, but only it's Amy Irving playing the telekinetic girl. The
1: poem was like, you know what? I really want to make this movie again.
0: Yeah. Only it's like the government is coming in to stop her, so it has like a Firestarter vibe. I was going to
1: say, (laughs) that's that's like Firestarter, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, She uh, was also a singer, did a lot of theater work. She was in the movie Yentl. Oh, wow. She was the singing voice of Jessica Rabbit. That's
1: right. Yeah. I did read that.
0: Um, and then she would reprise this role of S- Sue Snell in that, that terrible Carrie 2, The Rage. Oh, yeah,
1: that was a Carrie 2 that I, I haven't seen and I have no interest in seeing except if I'm going to be forced to for the show at some point.
0: Yeah, When I was... The day after I watched this, when I went to work the next Monday, um, Mike was giving me a ride and I was talking about Carrie 2 and he's like, that's actually a good movie if you give it a shot. I'm like, (laughs) I might. I haven't seen it in 24 years. All right, pencil it in for sometime in the future.
1: It's on Tubi for free. (laughs) Next hundred episodes a couple years from now.
0: And She was married to Steven Spielberg for a bit.
1: Yeah, I feel like everybody was married to Steven Spielberg for a bit.
0: They divorced, and she won. She won $100 million because the judge would not accept Spielberg's prenup that was written on a napkin.
1: Somebody was very drunk when they got
0: married. (laughs) Yeah. That feels like a Vegas wedding. (laughs) Doesn't it? Yep. So we go through this crowd of naked teenage girls to finally get to Carrie.
1: This is actually a really nice shot coming through the steam.
0: Yeah, coming through the steam. Sissy Spacek definitely not a teenager. No, no,
1: no. She's a, she's a grown up.
0: She's pushing 30 at this point.
1: Yeah. She's 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 definitely not a I think the character is supposed to be 16. She's definitely not 16.
0: Yeah, she's supposed to be 16. There's a couple shots where she does look 16, but the majority, no. <laughs> no. And she's showering, and it's just playing the beautiful music, and it's all, like, enchanting, you know? Until a, lot she- of
1: slow, a lot of slow motion showering here.
0: Like, close-ups of the soap rubbing against her belly. and And then she starts having her period. You know, ruins the enchantment. Music cuts out.
1: We don't get a record screech. Luckily,
0: thankfully, no. The music just kind of fades away, and she's just bleeding, and she, she freaks the fuck out. She doesn't know what's going on,
1: <laughs> right? Because uh, her, she has not been taught. This is apparently her first period. at sixteen, which is very late, but
0: it's interesting. she does
1: very skinny. So
0: you know how I learned about that? Hmm. The movie My Girl. Huh. Yeah. Cause there's a scene. I, I must have been like eleven or so when that movie came out. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah, a scene cool. where the girl in that movie she has her period and she comes down screaming that she thinks she's dying because she's I mean, bleeding. And Jamie, I, mean, I, I would have. That's how I would have felt. And Jamie Lee Curtis's character, that's like playing her like dad's girlfriend or whatever. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, oh, honey, let's go talk. And then that's just the end of the scene. And we never go back to it. And I had no clue what happened. I thought this girl was dying for the rest of the movie. It's like a non sequitur. It's not relevant to the movie. And I had to ask my mom. I was like, why didn't she die? She was dying. In that one scene, she said she was dying. And my mom had to explain to me everything. But anyway, Carrie thinks she's dying.
1: Kid, I think that is a reasonable reaction to that.
0: Yeah, if you have no clue what it is... um it would like, be like I am
1: bleeding freaky. from my, I am bleeding from my genitals, and I do not know why. I probably need to get to the doctor.
0: Yeah. So she, uh, she runs into the other girls to scream and help me. You know, or at getting blood everywhere. And then, uh, Chris, of course, is the one that leads the bullying.
1: Yeah, because she's a, uh, well, oh, terrible person.
0: She, she's pure evil. <laughs> he is truly horrible. And she starts throwing tampons, but then it's Sue that opens up the tampon dispenser and just starts shouting, plug it up and tossing out the pads and tampons that they can just pelt carry with. And she's crumpled up in the corner, just like, no, no, no. It's terrible bullying. It's quite atrocious.
1: <laughs> yeah, we had this discussion last week, right? The last week or a couple weeks ago, with the with the little darlings about how girls can be really horrible to each other. Yeah.
0: Well, the other thing is these girls. Um. Well, except for Sue, um, not Sue, uh, Chris, who is totally evil. The other right. girls are just playing along. They don't really think they're being evil, right? And they also all hate Carrie anyway. She's just this weird girl.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's. Uh, I, I don't think we should derail the show. The discussion of. The biological other and the reptilian you know, and how that affects your reptile brain. Well, I mean, brain
0: it is them. really easy to fall into bullying when everybody else is bullying somebody.
1: Yeah, because people are, are herd animals, apparently. Yeah humans are so fucking
0: dumb i mean even at work when all the other girls are talking shit on somebody it's an effort to not join in and talk shit about that other person when they're like oh so-and-so was doing this so-and-so oh i hate her i hate her it's it's, it's actually an effort to not join in on that conversation because everybody even as adults you still want to be part of the group you know
1: <sighs> yeah better yeah
0: but anyway, the PE teacher comes in, Miss Collins. Who? Oh, she her name in the book is Des Jardin, Miss Des Jardin,
1: which is the name she uses in the uh, in the remake.
0: Yeah, the re- the remake gets the name right, but here it's Miss Collins. She's played by another singer, actress, and singer, Betty Buckley, who had an amazing career. Well, I mean, she still does. She's still working. Um, she retweeted me a couple years ago when I was talking about the movie The Happening. Awesome. good. That's awesome. Yeah, because she she's in that movie.
1: Yeah, we haven't done uh, that. We yet. should. That probably is <laughs> should be on our list for another penciled in. But that definitely seems like, uh Night Shyamalan definitely seems like something we should cover at
0: some C- Could she's the older lady they run into that's like, why are you eyeing my lemon drink? Yeah, that's her. She also originally sang "Memory" in the first run of Cats. <laughs> she's the original well, Broadway cast singing in memory <laughs> that's
1: um that is something she did my feelings about cats are well known both real cats
0: and the show I agree with you on that <laughs> actually I mean, my, it-
1: fi- my feeling on real life cats is that I'm allergic to them and so I don't like being near them my feeling about the android and rubber cats is it's uh Satan spawn
0: oh you should see that movie then
1: <laughs> oh i've I've heard Things. Uh, I wouldn't have seen that even if it was good.
0: Yeah, like I think it's remarkable that she's on the original cast and saying "Memory," you know, the song everybody loves that I just fucking cannot stand.
1: Well, I mean, obviously, if you're if you're performing on Broadway, even in in direct like Andrew Lloyd Webber, you're very talented. Like that's just uh-huh. that's just backs.
0: Miss Collins, like, hey girls, what's up? And she was like, oh, hey, Carrie just got her period. Like, nobody realizes how wrong this is.
1: <laughs> it's like, oh, hey, Carrie got her period. We're pelting her with fucking tampons.
0: Yeah, and they're just laughing about it. And Miss Collins is actually a good person. <laughs> She's like, hey, cut this shit. She goes, and, and then she, being such a good person, she has to slap Carrie. But, I mean, given that Carrie was freaking the fuck out, you, yeah, you, you, you kind of like, had to. <laughs>
1: Ex- like actual hysterics, like how are y'all you she you pulling her out of that? Yeah. And um Snap out of it's mad.
0: <laughs> and Carrie blows up a light, you know. That's our first intimation that she has powers. And right. She gets a bloody handprint on Miss Collins shorts that becomes like a kind of motif for the next few scenes. Yeah. Because well she she helps Carrie out and she's she's being calm. She's like, Carrie, it's okay, I'm gonna take care of you and we go to the principal's office. And her and the principal are talking, and she's like, until a half hour ago, I don't think she knew about such a thing.
1: Right. And, and her, the principal's like, that's, that's hard to believe. She's like, well, you know how her mom
0: is. Yeah, yeah, but knowing that mother of hers.
1: And he's like, well, we can't do anything about it.
0: And her and the principal are just smoking in this office. And, you know, that that was the th- thing that caught me. Smoking like, in a school?
1: 1976, <laughs> woo.
0: I wonder if teachers smoked in classrooms even then.
1: It was healthy for you in 1976, right?
0: Yeah, I don't know when they started saying, hey, this shit
1: gives you cancer. Dr. Philip Morris said it was nice and healthy.
0: When I used to work in a healthcare as a CNA, I talked to this older nurse. She was like my head nurse. She was like, oh, yeah, we used to smoke at this desk all the time. Crazy. Yeah, so and crazy. It is crazy that, that that smoking was just so ubiquitous. I was watching a movie Friday and kept pointing out the, uh, the ashtrays in front of the elevator doors, because that used to be a thing in buildings. Like you could just light up and smoke and have an ashtray while you wait on your elevator. Yeah. It's
1: that's not like the smoking thing is nuts. And they didn't really like, even in California and California was one of the first ones to get rid of like indoor smoking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like that still went into like the mid nineties. Like,
0: Oh God, color! I was already drinking at bars when smoking was still allowed here in Colorado, but I remember in California it wasn't, and that's why when I came back and and it wasn't in New York.
1: In yeah, New York was also pretty early on the. No, we're not doing this anymore. Train.
0: Yeah, and that's why when I moved to Colorado, it's like what I can smoke inside of a building. Anyway, the principal keeps calling Carrie Cassie, even though he's corrected a million times by Carrie and Mrs. Collins that her name is Carrie. He keeps calling her Cassie.
1: I don't don't know why. Dumb. Yeah, five times he does it. Five times. (laughs) Jerk. Some combination of the three.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and after the fifth time, she just like it's Carrie, and she uses her telekinetic powers to flip his fucking ashtray into his face.
1: As he deserves.
0: Yeah. He's like, we're all very sorry about this incident, Cassie. It's Carrie! Rar.
4: Are you ready, kids?
3: I, aye, aye, Captain! Hello, young ladies. Being a young girl entering womanhood can be a tough time. And the people at Tampax have designed a new product just for you. SpongeBob tampons. So when the unexpected happens, you can sit comfortably, knowing that your favorite character is... I- I'm sorry, guys. I'm not... Saying that? That That's gross. Women don't like think uh, about it like that. You know, okay, but I'm telling you right now, this is just wrong. You can sit comfortably knowing that your favorite cartoon character is protecting your vagina. So when you happen to be randomly spewing gallons of blood from your lady parts, a mystery no woman has ever solved that Wait, I'm sorry, Th- this is all wrong. This is why men shouldn't write tampon commercials. You guys have no idea what you're talking about. Gallons of blood? A mystery no woman has ever solved? Do you even know? Do you? Okay, yeah, whatever. I'm. <sighs> then try Spongebob tampons. This absorbent little cartoon character will eat up all that disgusting eggs that your body has kept rejecting. That... <sighs> That's not even what a period is. Eggs? It's it's not. It's not multiple eggs. Do you really think that? Oh Jesus Christ! This is why we shouldn't cut sex ed programs from schools. No girl is going to. Fine. Okay. Okay. I'll just read it. So girls, just remember, who lives in a pineapple under the sea, and inside your vagina. God, that's gross. SpongeBob tampons. For sale by ignorant men that really have no idea what is going on with your body.
0: And so they sent her home for the day.
1: So I will say that period scene in both both this and the remake I, I, it is very uncomfortable to watch, but it is strikingly effective at establishing three things. One, Carrie is naive, innocent, and unprepared for reality. Two, the girls and her score are horrible people. And three, her mom's a terrible human being blinded by ignorance and zealotry.
0: Yeah, it was very,
1: very important for the uh, setup for the movie. So it is, it is a, it is a effect, an effective scene.
0: So anyway, Carrie's walking home, and there's a kid, played by, oh god, I forgot his name. It's De Palma though. He's related oh. to the director.
1: <laughs> oh, the boy on the bike.
0: Yeah, who just starts shouting, "Creepy Carrie, creepy mm-hmm. Carrie!" And she just takes that little shit out. Get wrecked, kid. <laughs> yeah. Just like fucking knocks them over. I mean, that's completely fair.
1: Yeah, but before yeah, Carrie, he, he earned that. He earned that one.
0: He did. Before Carrie gets home, though, we get introduced to Margaret White going door to door with her Bible stuff, and she goes to Sue Snell's house and talks to Missus Snell,
1: who is played by the actress's actual mother, if I recall.
0: Yeah, that. Amy Irving's real mother, Priscilla Pointer.
1: Apparently, they did. They were mother and daughter in several movies. <laughs>
0: That makes more sense. (laughs) Um, Just kind of funny. But so, Piper Laurie, so good in the role of Margaret White. Yes. A little too good. And she comes in here, she's like, I'm spreading the gospel of God's salvation through the blood of Jesus. We got this book, The Teenager's Path to Salvation Through the Cross of Jesus. Children are wandering through the wilderness of sin. These are godless times.
1: There's always somebody like that in every era, right?
0: Oh, yeah. I used to work with somebody like that, but uh, they got fired. (laughs) Not for preaching the gospel. They got fired because they called off two times a week.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a bit excessive.
0: But anyway, Piper Laurie, when she read the script, she thought this character was so over the top that this movie must be a comedy. So that's how she approached the role. And it
1: just made it that much more disturbing, right?
0: Yeah, she thinks it's a comedy the whole time she's doing this role.
1: Well, that's the thing. If that, that sort of person in real life, and they do exist, is so, so sure of themselves yeah. that that insanity just seems normal to them.
0: Yeah, like, um, I know people like that. I, I, I work in a really large place, so that I've got a lot of Cross section of society. There,
1: look. I'm not going to sit here and shit on religion. Like, it's religion is a, can be a very good thing for people. Give some people, uh, you know, stability, a community, things to believe in. Yeah, you know, the you know, world's tough. Life's life shit. You know, sometimes you just need something to believe in, and that's cool. But like everything in life, some people take it too goddamn far, and this character is one of them.
0: She does and she's she's pulling up her Bible, and she's about to read a scripture, but Mrs. Snell's like, here's $10, get the fuck out of my house. Yes. So Margaret's like, oh, okay. Goodbye. I pray that you find Jesus. And, uh, oh, she's one of them hateful evangelicals, too. Yeah, I just... That's a just, whole other topic that we, we could get into.
1: <laughs> some point in the last 2,000 years, the Christians have lost... A lot of Christians have lost the idea of the things that actually Christ said.
0: Yeah. Blows my mind. Margaret White is one of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, because Carrie gets home from school just as right after Margaret White gets a call from the school. You know, it's, it's perfect timing. And um, Margaret White's like, you're a woman now. And Carrie's just like, why didn't you, you tell me about this? And she just beats the hell out of Carrie and starts quoting not even actual scripture. Oh,
1: just talking about some bullshit about original sin and,
0: yeah, the raven was loosed on the world, and the raven was sin, and the first sin was intercourse. Talking
1: a lot of self hatred here as well. Of
0: <laughs> like Eve of was
3: weak.
1: <laughs> I like Eve was strong. She took what she wanted.
0: Yeah, she was like, "Fuck you! I'll eat that apple.
1: You don't own me." That's my my interpretation. Uh, no. I'm a I'm a filthy agnostic. What do What do I know?
0: <laughs> Same here.
1: <laughs> filthy, filthy socialist agnostic. <laughs> What the fuck do you want from me?
0: And so Margaret's like, to help this sinning woman. If she remained free of sin, the curse of blood would never have visited her. She may have been tempted by the Antichrist or committed to sin unless for thoughts, you know, just absolute madness. First sin
3: was in the course. I didn't sin, Mama. No. Say it! I didn't sin, Mama! First sin was in the course. First thing was intercourse. First thing was intercourse. The first thing was intercourse, Mama. I was so scared. I thought I was done. And the girls, they all laughed at me and threw things at me. And Eve was weak. Say it. No, Mama. Eve was weak. No. Eve was weak. No. Eve was weak. weak. Say it. No, Mama. Say it. Eve was weak. Eve was weak. And the Lord visited Eve with a curse. The curse was a curse of blood. You should have told me, Mama. You should have told me. Oh, Lord, help the sinning woman see the sin of her days and ways. Show her that if she had remained sinless, the curse of blood would never have come on her. She no. may have been tempted by the Antichrist. She may have come soon, committed the Son of Lustful Thoughts. No, Mama, oh, my! Don't no. lie to me, Carrie, Don't you know by now I can see inside you? I can see the sin as surely as God no, can. No, well, we'll pray. No. We'll pray, no, woman. No, pray to no, Jesus for no, no, lustful no, 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 else,
0: no, 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 That's not how that works. Yeah, and she's like, well, we're, we're going to pray. You know, and locks her up in a closet.
1: With the creepiest-looking fucking Jesus statue in the
0: history of uh, anything. Torture porn Jesus? Yeah, torture porn Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's just brutal. He's got, like, fucking arrows sticking out of his body, all blood that's, everywhere.
1: <laughs> that's like the opposite of Buddy Christ from Dogma. It's like, this will keep butts out of the seats.
0: Yeah, and I like how the... um the soundtrack plays some organ music. Like, it's the same music, only now it's played on, like, a church organ. And she looks at that fucking crucifix.
1: i always wanted to try to play the church organ. I never got to do it.
0: Oh, I had a stepmom that did.
1: I mean, I played piano, so it would have been kind of fun to so mess around with it a bit. But no, nah, I, never, I never got to do it. They never let me.
0: Incidentally, uh, the woman that plays Margaret, she looks exactly like my stepmom, who was a religious zealot. Oh, Jesus. Actually, still is. Um... After my dad left her, she uh, married into a polygamist cult.
1: Oh, power, power to her.
0: Yeah, believing that this is what God wants.
1: <laughs> it, you know, if that helps her get through her days, then lesson be.
0: <laughs> of course, she was an evil woman and bullied her way to become head wife.
1: <laughs> that's uh, that's all. That's that's for them to,
0: to deal with. can <laughs> yep.
1: her and her sister wives just have to deal with that. Not your problem anymore. Not my
0: problem. No, my dad left her like three years ago. I Good. left her when I was eight, the day I turned 18. <laughs> Good call from your dad. But anyway, so she's singing hymns and sewing when Carrie finally gets out of the closet. And she goes upstairs and just telekinesis as her mirror.
1: Yep. She's she's not very happy.
0: now. And then we get English class the next day at school. Yeah. And this teacher...
1: Sounded a lot like Christopher Walken.
0: Yeah, the, the actor, well, the character's name is Mr. Fromm. He's played by character actor Sidney Lassick. I'm surprised we have not encountered yet, because he played random guy in like 800 movies.
1: I'm sure we'll get there. I'm sure he'll he'll appear in, in future movies.
0: I watched him a couple weeks ago in the movie Alligator. Um, he played the role of Cheswick in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which actually, uh, when I did that show pre-transition, obviously... That's the yes. role I played. Oh, huh. yep. And I'm sure we'll see him again. Oh, well, I mean, when you're as prolific as he is. And then Tommy is played by William Cat. Do you know what he's from? I do not.
1: Believe it or not, I'm walking on air. I never thought I could feel so free. He's greatest American. Yep. Yeah. Oh my god.
0: (laughs) That's him. Jesus Christ. And Brian De Palma shows off his shit here with his split diopter lens. (laughs) Uh, Because we get that shot where we got Tommy is in focus on one side, and in the background, Carrie is in focus. Yeah, it's a good shot. Because that's what a split diopter is. It's where the background and the foreground are both in focus, in the same focus.
1: It's amazing the kind of things we have created for film.
0: It's a special kind of lens that they put on there to do that. Um, even, well, it, that kind of lens goes back to Orson Welles used it in Citizen Kane.
1: I wonder when it was first, like, cause like, like lenses have existed in a very long time. People figured out very early on how to bend light through, like lenses for like classes and stuff. Yeah, how um, so, long those sorts of things? It just blows my mind. Like, okay, we're going to carve this piece of glass in such a way that it does exactly this.
0: And this is actually like only half of a piece of glass. Like, if you it's actually look at the lens, like only half of it has a lens.
1: <laughs> Crazy. The the physics of it just
0: always blow my mind. And I was talking online about it at split diopters the other day, and somebody thought that Brian De Palma invented it.
1: No, but he does like using it. No, he
0: used it a hell of a lot.
1: (laughs) Um, That'd be like Damato, and that'd be like saying Damato invented the low angle crot shot. Yeah, he didn't,
0: but he certainly loved it. Yeah. uh, Well, actually, next week's movie has a really good split diopter shot. Surprisingly. Oh. Yeah. uh, But we'll get to that next week.
1: Yeah. Next week will be next week.
0: Yep. Anyway, the teacher teases Carrie because Carrie says that Tommy's poem is beautiful. And the teacher's like, oh, beautiful, like beautiful for spacious guys. And Tommy just has to tell the guy, you suck. It's
1: like, why is the
0: teacher being an <laughs> asshole to her? <laughs> he's, he's just an asshole of a teacher, because like, even the poem, he's reading it with such sarcasm. Yeah, this guy's just a dick. And he's like, I can't believe you wrote this, Tommy, because you play football. To be fair, he didn't. <laughs> yeah, Tommy yeah, admits later he plagiarized the whole thing. But so, Carrie's dismissed from PE class for the whole week, but she still goes and just stares at them through the window like the creepy girl she is. Well,
1: obviously, neurodivergence is a thing. Also, yeah. severely abused.
0: Severely abused, and, and she's staring at them above graffiti that says, Carrie White eats shit. it's just
1: like, I'm watching this, I'm going like, there's a, a lot of nihilism here, just like pure hatred, just up and down. You have the fucking girls who hate Carrie, you hate, have her mom who hates the world, you have the gym teacher who hates all the fucking girls in her class.
0: Um, Bullying used to be really, really, really bad. It wasn't until Columbine that we decided as a culture, like, hey, we should address this. But even before then, there was kind of a trend, because I remember I read an article. Uh, it was shortly after Pearl Jam's Jeremy.
1: Yeah.
0: Because you remember that video. Yeah. Where that kid just goes in and blows his head out, head off in front yeah. of the classroom. And there was an article I read where like people were saying, this is a thing because kids get bullied.
1: <laughs> I was not the nicest uh, person for a little bit in elementary school.
0: Oh, I was always the victim.
1: I was until I decided that I was going to be the funny guy of the of the cool kid group in my gay class, which is kind of
0: an oxymoron. That's what I did in high school, I did we the all kind same, same thing.
1: We uh, we all kind of just mellowed out after after having uh, our teacher being uh, particularly stern with us about some
0: of the some of the shit we were saying. Oh, but then when it's, I taught middle school and had to deal with kids bullying. 'Cause yeah. there would be like these really, really nice kids that were like the best students and then this fucking asshole would bully them and be be like, Oh my god, why are you doing this? You know, totally forgetting my own middle school experience to just be like, You're a horrible person Well,
1: <laughs> the the fact of the matter is kids are gonna do stupid shit. It's yeah. hard to it's hard to condemn kids for doing stupid kid shit.
0: Like, there was a time there was this one girl who was a terrible bully, and she's slapping maxi pads onto, like, the back of this kid and just screaming faggot at him. And I was like, what the yeah. hell?
1: We, we were never that bad. We were, we would just kind of, like, needle and make fun of people. Like, we were not doing shit like
0: that. Oh, yeah. G- teenagers are the worst. We talked about that last week.
1: Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's the barometer. Like, Teenagers across cultures, across the planet, all suck.
0: Yeah, and I I have that in my notes several times for both of the films this week, that teenagers are the worst.
1: And we sucked, too.
0: Yeah, we were bad as teenagers as well.
1: You know, it's a gradient. We probably weren't as bad as a lot, but we were all shitheads.
0: Yeah, but uh, Miss Collins here. Tells them that, that teenagers are the worst. She, she, she gets, she, she has these girls here and she's like, you did a shitty thing, a really shitty thing. Did any yeah. of you ever stop to think that Carrie White has feelings? Do you even stop to think? Uh, no, they don't. Yeah, they don't. And my note there is teenagers are the worst.
1: Quite a few blondes in there. No, just kidding. Yeah.
0: And she she starts talking about, like, oh, you're going to go to prom. You know, who are you going with? And Chris is going with Billy Nolan, who we see later. Yep. Sue's planning to go with Tommy Ross. And Miss Collins like, well, my plan was to just make sure to refuse your prom tickets and give you suspension for three days. But the office decided that you have one week's detention. But it's my detention. and She's going to work these girls like a drill sergeant. And if they don't go along, then they're banned from prom. From my
1: no now, bitches.
0: Yeah. And so we get this goofy-ass music that plays as they go through their detention.
1: Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty goofy.
0: It's goofy, but it also slows down as the girls wear out. Yeah, I did like that. Like, as the girls are getting more and more exhausted, the music is like, bra, bra, you know. Meanwhile, Carrie is researching telekinesis with a card catalog.
1: Like, man, I, I didn't know that the school library has so many books on psychic
0: phenomenon. <laughs> it's interesting because um did you ever read Stephen King's novel? I did
1: not. He has I've only read a couple of his novels. I haven't read that many actually.
0: He has inserted in between, like the prose, excerpts yeah. from books about telekinesis that are made up.
1: Isn't this story done like as a uh, like a series of letters?
0: No, no, it's not. Um, there's the prose where it's the actual story, but then he's inserted like excerpts from books about telekinesis that are talking about what telekinesis is, and they're like, "Well, we all know telekinesis is a thing after that Carrie incident," <laughs> kind of like foreshadowing, <laughs> you know. Well, Given- after after the Carrie thing, we saw that telekinesis is real. Given
1: that uh, Stephen King has like a like his own like mythos, I just assume this is another variation on The Shining. You know, it could be. That was only two books later. <laughs> I mean, maybe that wasn't his, like, original plan, but I think, I think it all kind of got to, you know, mental phenomenon kind of all just everyone's got the shining and.
0: Yep. Ways. Anyway, so Chris Harkinson figures she's done with detention.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's like, fuck
0: it, I'm done. And, and Sue and the other girls were like, Chris, just let it go, Chris. Just, just do this, Chris. You, you You're gonna miss out on prom. And Chris is like, no! I have my first amendment rights
1: My daddy's rich.
0: Yeah. So Miss Collins slaps the shit out of her. Love it. And you're like, you can't hit me. She's like, bitch, I'll beat the shit out of you. Step up to me again, Chris Right. You're you're out of the prom, bitch. Chris is like boo But um so Sue goes up to Tommy doing football practice and is like, hey, hey, we gotta talk. I want you to do something for me. I want you to take Carrie White to the prom. And that's just how that scene ends. It's really good that it just ends. Like, we don't even get his reaction.
1: We don't know why.
0: Yeah. um, I mean, we do later and everything.
1: Kind of. It's it's interesting because the whole movie has this, like, is this whole thing a setup? Sue set up this whole thing?
0: Well, no, she didn't.
1: I know, but, like, think of, well, we, we can get to a couple of the scenes later, but it's it's not clear <laughs> for most of the movie.
0: Yeah, and so we go to Chris and her boyfriend, Billy Nolan, played by teenage John, John Travolta.
1: Who really hasn't aged much in 50 years.
0: Yeah. He kind of ex-
1: still looks the same.
0: He looks just like he did in fucking Battlefield Earth.
1: Well, less less
0: weird alien makeup in this movie. yeah. Although he does say, I was, when you were learning how to write your name, I was conquering galaxies. That's why Chris likes him. <laughs> But anyway, he's a really abusive boyfriend for Chris. And Chris is also a, a, a you know, bitch of a girlfriend.
1: Yep. It's, a, it's a mutually abusive relationship, which is something I did note when I was
0: watching this. Because she just brings him down, calling him stupid, you dumb shit, you dumb shit, and you stupid fuck, and he turns around angry and hits her around, and he's drinking and driving.
1: Yeah, these two are terrible people.
0: Yeah, and then um, after she he beats her a bit, she's like, oh, Billy, here, let me
1: blow you. And followed by a really loud zipper sound.
0: Yeah, very loud zipper sound, so we know what's going on.
1: Just, like, like comic, comically loud.
0: And we get we get the the pleasure in his eyes, and she's just going, "Oh, Billy! Oh, oh Billy! Oh, Billy! I hate Carrie White." Mike, how are you talking with this cock in your mouth? Yeah, like right before he comes, like he's like, "I'm about to, I'm about to." I hate Carrie White, and he's suddenly out of the mood and goes, "Who?" It's like, "Why do you hate her so much?" <laughs> what well, the only thing Carrie
1: did was exist.
0: Why are you bringing that up during a blowjob? What? <laughs>
1: Carrie lived in her mind rent free
0: yeah meanwhile we get this really really good scene um, like almost no dialogue Sue is just doing her homework and Tommy is watching television it's some James Garner western
1: good old fashioned anti-native racism
0: yeah and then that's when Tommy decides he. Oh, the only line in this scene is when he just turns to, to Sue and goes okay I'll do it yeah, obviously he's been thinking about it for a while but the, the James Garner is a white hat, hat cowboy, it yeah, implies I mean, that Tommy likes being the white knight, and that he's like, okay, I'll do the good thing.
1: Yeah, because Tommy is actually a, a decent human being.
0: Oh, he's a wonderful human being.
1: He is actually a very nice guy. He, he actually plays with the tropes of like the jock character pretty well in this movie.
0: Yeah, because he is a jock, but he's like just such a wonderful, good person.
1: He's, like, the quarterback and stuff. And he's maybe not the brightest dude on the planet, but he is a, a very nice person. He's
0: a complete 180 from the cats of Varsity Blues. That's true.
1: He's, yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. So, Carrie White's researching at the library when Tommy, you know, is, like, goes to ask her out. And, of course, Carrie's like, Oh, no! And runs away because, you know, the most popular boy in school is asking her to prom. Right. And... So Miss Collins sees her all sad, you know, and it's like, Carrie, what's wrong? And She's like, oh, well, you know, Tommy asked me to prom. She's like, oh, that's wonderful here, you know, and drags her into a mirror in the bathroom. to Like, you can, you're so beautiful, Carrie, you, you can actually do this. That's one of the scenes where she actually looks like an innocent schoolgirl.
4: Probably
1: by her as, a, as like, this ultra-sheltered, you know, kind of naive... Character, I think she does a good job of that.
0: Yeah, and then um, after she comforts Carrie and gives her all the, the encouragement and boosts her self esteem, Miss Collins is immediately with Sue and Tommy in an office, going, "What the fuck is going on?"
1: <laughs> well, I mean, that is that is a reasonable reaction given all the circumstances,
0: and they're, they're they're trying to say we wanted to do a good deed, we felt shitty about what I did to Carrie, you know, and we want to make her feel good. And Miss Collins doesn't buy it, but there's really nothing she can do about it. Right. And then, um, Tommy at literally goes to Carrie's house. Like you know, Sue put the pressure on him. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Sue's so like, you see these panties? They ain't coming off until you. She says yes. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> so Carrie says yes. And um, so Carrie finally breaks down and says yes. Meanwhile, we get the pig mural.
1: Yeah, that's the thing that exists.
0: Yeah, it's in Vernon, California. Um, I actually looked the thing up, and it took me to a Google Maps link, actually, to where I could just use Google Maps to look at this whole damn mural, which I thought was pretty neat, actually.
1: never seen it. It's probably the Central Valley somewhere,
0: right? Well, let's see. Vernon, California.
1: I actually don't know where that is, and I live in California, but it's a big state.
0: It's city in California. Uh, let's see here. Um, no, it's actually just outside of Los Angeles. Huh. It is... Yeah, um it's just south of Eastlos. just. No, yeah, yeah, right next to Commerce and Southgate. So it's, so it's south- not actually
1: it's not actually a pig farm then.
0: No. It's <laughs> so just a pig a, mural. <laughs>
1: I don't think we have a pig farm in the middle of fucking East Los.
4: Andy hey, folks, this is Farmer John, owner of Farmer John's pig farm. You know the one with the big mural out in front of all the pigs? I'm here today to tell you about other uses for a pig that you might not have considered. You see, there's a lot more to a pig than crisp, tasty bacon and delicious ham. There are other parts of the pig, like blood. Pig's blood has a lot of good uses. For instance, you can paint with it. (laughs) Like if you're painting a mural of pigs to put outside your farm. It's Pig blood. It's great for that. You could also use a bucket of pig's blood to use in a prank where you're dropping it all on that weird girl at school who had her period in gym class. (laughs) And you, you got in trouble for making fun of her. So now, you gotta get revenge. Pig's blood is good for that. Pigs also have assholes that we grind up and put in hot dogs and pretend it's kosher, but it's really the pig's blood that I'm trying to sell you on today. So next time you want to utterly humiliate that creepy girl at school with a prank at prom, consider using the fine quality blood from Farmer John's Pigs. Farmer John for the richest
0: quality pig's blood. Yeah, it's just a pig mural. And Movie Magic, they hop over the pig mural when they're on a pig farm, but in reality, you would hop over the pig mural, and what's actually behind it is a fucking movie studio set. Oh, okay. Like, when I was looking at it on Google Maps, there's just just this big fucking, like, warehouse that you could clearly tell is a, a studio set. Yeah, it's five miles south of downtown Los Angeles.
1: Not where I would expect that to be.
0: Yep, but so they, they walk along the pig mural, and they hop into the pig farm on a different set. Right. <laughs> they got their buddy with him, Freddy, because it's Chris and Billy and the, this guy, Freddy. And Freddy's like, I'm going to beat the fuck out of a pig. Oh, no, I, I can't. I'm sorry. To where Billy has to, to to be the one to beat the shit out of the pig.
1: And thus the beginning of Texas Chainsaw Massacres.
0: Yep. And then, uh, meanwhile, I I noted this scene where Carrie is telling her mom that she's been invited to prom. And it's an effective scene. Yeah. Because it starts with Margaret going, Carrie, honey, are you okay? You haven't touched your apple cake. (laughs) And she's like, it gives me pimples. Pimples are the Lord's way of punishing you. (laughs) Punishing you for not eating your apple cake. (laughs) So many punished. So many punished kids in in early puberty. And Carrie's like, I've been invited to prom. And then, like, lightning goes off outside. (laughs) (laughs) And there's thunder. And the mom's like, prom? (laughs) And Carrie's making arguments like, I want to be normal. I want to become a whole person before it's too late. I have to fit in. So I accept it. And Carrie's mom is like, no, boys are sniffing dogs. (laughs) And, um. Carrie uses her telekinesis to tell mom to fuck off, really. Yeah, it's like,
1: I am just going to, uh, yeah, you're not gonna do shit because I could just tear you apart limb from limb. I felt like it. Yeah,
0: she starts slamming the windows and she's like, I'm going. You're a witch. Nope, I'm not a witch. I'm just me. And then, um, she's like, Satan entered your father and carried him off. No, he ran away with another woman because you're crazy, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> But then we get back to Chris and them, and they're stringing up that bucket of blood at prom, you know, and they're just joking about it. While Carrie is at home making her own dress, like fucking Cinderella for the ball. Cinderella, (laughs)
1: yep. She does make a very nice dress.
0: She does make a very nice... It shows off her dirty pillows, though. (laughs) They're just boobs. They're just boobs. Then we get this fucking terrible you know, prom prep montage. I don't like this part. As much as I love Brian De Palma films, I hate this montage. Um, Carrie's trying on makeup, but then Tommy and his friends are out, like, looking at tuxedos, and they have some friend that's like, I don't have a tuxedo body. I don't like ruffles. And and then they give him the fucking, like, tuxedo shirt. I hate this montage. <laughs> I
1: actually really like this montage. You right? do? <laughs> it's completely out of place in the movie, but it made me laugh yeah it's like it's like we said we stepped into like
0: American pie or
1: some shit real fast
0: yeah but it's, it's really light-hearted which I get because one thing this movie does well is even though it shows us them putting up the pig's blood and describing what they're doing it does everything to make us not want that to happen to make us forget that that's gonna happen
1: yeah I think that is the point of the scene
0: yeah, it, it plays but, lighthearted, and then when we get to prom, there's a bunch of stuff going on there.
1: By the way, there's a scene where they're, like, still setting up decorations and shit. They're up in the fucking rafters, hanging. How do they not notice a giant-ass big bug of pig's blood just kind of hanging there? It's like, who put this fucking bucket up here? What's in this Why is there pig's blood? Do, well, you know, Nobody what, noticed this.
0: Because Norma is the one that's up on the ladder. Uh-huh. And that's when Chris com- climbs also up the ladder and says, "Hey, let me tell you about the plan."
1: Isn't Sue up there though, talking about why she had?
0: Yeah, you're right. Sue is up there, and she's talking about like I'm still de- decorating prom, even though I'm not going.
1: Yeah, somebody. You think somebody? I I guess a lot of the people in the prom committee are in on it.
0: The chunk of them. Well, yeah, we get into that later.
1: But it just feels like somebody would have noticed. One of the teachers involved in the prom decorating. Somebody should have noticed that.
0: This fucking rope hanging down from it.
1: Completely (laughs) out of fucking place.
0: Yeah. Then we get Carrie is ready for prom. And she's wearing her dress. And and Mom's like, I might have known it'd be red. It's pink. (laughs)
1: Like, pink is technically light red.
0: This is a very light
1: pink, though. It's almost white.
0: Yeah. (laughs) the mom's like i can see your dirty pillows
1: first of all they're 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 very small second of all they're just boobs lady
0: yeah in fact carrie says they're breasts mom every woman has them well i mean
1: kind of there's always mastectomies true but Uh, i mean technically men have breasts too
0: well, yeah, mine are just digital nipples. That's right. <laughs> but anyway, the mom's like, you know, your your boyfriend's not coming. He's not gonna come. He stood you up. Harry's like, no, no, he's gonna come. And then she's like, don't go to prom. They're all gonna laugh at you. Key line there. <laughs> yeah, it's probably the line that I'm gonna use for the uh, the intro to this episode. <laughs> yeah. But um, and Carrie's had enough of her mom's shit and keeps just using her telekinesis to throw mom back on the bed. Yeah. I'm going, Mom. Yeah, I'm going. Stay the fuck there. I might have known it would be red. It's paint, Mama. What Tommy gave me, Mama. Aren't they beautiful?
3: I can see your dirty pillows. Everyone will. Breasts, Mama. They're called breasts. And every woman has them. Take off that dress. No. We'll burn it together and pray for forgiveness. No, Mama.
4: Well, he's not coming.
3: He is coming, Mama. Now stop it. I'm
0: nervous enough.
3: No, he's not coming. He's not going (laughs) to come. No (laughs) way. Stop it, Mama. Stop hurting yourself, Mama. (laughs) He's gonna laugh, you no, they're no, all gonna laugh at you. It's me. not too late. You can stay here with me. I don't want to stay with you, Mama. Look, I'll answer the door, and I'll tell him that you are I'll you tell, tell him you that you changed your fire. mind. But sit down and be quiet!
0: And so she she gets in Tommy's car, they go to prom, and there's a fucking, like, it sounds like a meatloaf song.
1: <laughs> it does sound like a <laughs> meatloaf. I can't believe the school approved this set list. The song is, like, all about like, getting drunk.
0: Yeah, like, we were drinking and fucking at the prom, and...
1: <laughs> yeah, basically that's the implication. It's just like, why did the school approve the set list? <laughs>
0: Pino DiNaggio did not write this song.
1: No, I, 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 yes, most likely not.
0: The other songs that play at prom he wrote, um, the other songs that play, you know, and we'll get more into their use, they're sung by Katie Irving. Oh. Amy Irving's sister. <laughs> it's a small,
1: small insular insular cast, isn't it?
0: Yeah, but Kay, uh, Carrie shows up at prom, and like for once, girls are being nice and welcoming to her. Like she's 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 one of the gang now, and um, she she has conversations with Miss Collins that are, are rather touching about how how magical and enchanting prom is. It's really making us. Feel for Carrie. Yeah. And feel Carrie's point of view. Brian De Palma is fucking wonderful in this prom sequence. Um, cause it, they, they go to dance and it plays this song that goes, I never dreamed someone like you could love someone like me. Yeah. And it does this wonderful, like 360 degree shot. The camera just keeps going around them and just making everything so enchanted and magical and making this moment so perfect that, you want to believe that she's not going to get this bucket of blood dumped on her.
1: I mean, we all we all know what's going to happen. I mean it's on the goddamn poster, but
0: Yeah. But spending so much time making problems so enchanting makes that 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 bucket of blood that much more horrible. Right. I mean, like Tommy even kisses her, he invites her out to get some some PG drinks. That's right. He's like, yeah, all the boys are going to this party, and she's like, oh, and he's like, let's go get sodas after this. Yeah. You know, he's such a good guy, telling her she's beautiful and everything. You know, Carrie is just having, this is that the high point of her entire life. And
1: is actually the high point of her entire life. Will be.
0: Yeah, and then it's time to vote for king and queen, and um, Carrie's like, oh, we can't vote for ourselves. That's wrong. Tommy's like, Ah, we'll vote for ourselves. To the devil with false modesty. And Uh, Carrie's like, the devil.
1: (laughs) Fuck him. We're gonna vote for ourselves, goddammit. Uh,
0: Yeah, which is immediately followed by Carrie's mom at home losing her goddamn shit. It's a reminder of what kind of movie this is.
1: Yeah, well, losing her shit a little bit more than normal. I mean, she's already off a rocker.
0: Yeah, she takes out a butcher knife and starts just cutting the hell out of a carrot. Symbolism. Yeah, and so now that we're reminded what kind of movie this is, we we now see Billy and Chris hiding under the stairs talking about the rope, and Chris's friends on the prom committee swapping out the ballots to make sure Tommy and Carrie win. Yep. And that's when Sue shows up.
1: Now, yeah, it's interesting because they talk about this, going to be 8 o'clock, 8 o'clock the whole time. And then we're at home. And the whole movie, it's never clear whether Sue and and tommy are in on it and it's the whole thing is a bait or if it's they are really trying to be nice and there's other stuff going around so you have this whole scene and sue's eating dinner with her family and she goes oh what time is it eight o'clock oh oh shit
0: yeah she's like i gotta go i gotta go i'm going out for a walk
1: (laughs) that's just the time it's supposed to crown prom king and queen and he's going to check on yeah he's going to check on billy and
0: Like, she would know they're getting crowned, maybe?
1: I think she was assuming that they were likely to to have her voted, just because, you know, Tommy's involved and stuff.
0: Well, she was obviously on the committee to know that they were on the ballot, at least.
1: Right, so she was going to check in on them, but we're not sure what her involvement is at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, she's not suspicious. She's like, I gotta make sure Tommy's not fucking her. It's not that kind of thing.
1: And it's not like, haha, I also want to go see them get dumped get her dump blood and this whole thing has been manipulated, but we're not sure yet at this point.
0: But we get this great camera work has, we're following Sue as she comes in and she's standing like right behind the stage. And then we go under the stairs and see Billy and Chris there holding the rope. And then we follow the rope all the way up to the top and we get this beautiful overhead shot as they're announcing the winners. And we just stay this, this like bird's eye angle As Tommy and Carrie walk up to the stage, it's just fucking great Brian De Palma at his best there. (laughs) And it's all slow motion and soft lighting to just really, you know, emphasize the beauty of it all. And the the music, it's it's so perfect. And it's so goddamn heartbreaking because we know what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, the tension in this scene is is pretty excellent.
0: And that's when that sinister music kicks in. And builds and builds throughout this whole moment. You know, uh, Sue starts to see the rope and everything's slow motion now, which is good. Right. <laughs> you know, Sue seeing the rope and realizing what's going to happen. Miss Collins seeing Sue and thinking Sue was going to do something terrible.
1: Right. Well, uh, Sue's not supposed to be there because she doesn't have a date. Yeah. Her, that was something they did in 1976.
0: And she sees Sue fucking with the stairs because Sue is realizing that this, you know, is Billy and Chris. But before she can do anything, Miss Collins, we don't hear what they're saying, but she's she's shaking I'm- Sue and yelling at her.
1: Well, you know, Sue is like, check on the stairs.
0: Yeah, she's Chris. pointing at the stairs. We get Chris down there licking her lips just as Miss Collins throws Sue out and locks her out of the prom. Bam! We're back at regular speed and the blood falls. Yep. And it's silent. No soundtrack. The only sound effects are the dripping blood and the clank of the bucket.
1: It's extremely effective.
0: Very much. Um, We see Norma as the one that starts laughing first. But we don't hear them laughing. We just hear the the drip, drip of the blood. You know, Tommy mouthing, what the hell? Right. Because Tommy's not involved in this. Yeah, he's not. And then the bucket falls on his head and knocks him out. (laughs) Yeah. And Carrie just, her mind snaps, obviously. Um, And she she just sees all of the bullying that she's put up with the whole movie all at once. They're all going to laugh at you. Plug it up. We're all so sorry, Cassie, as Billy and Chris make their escape. And then now comes the scene. (laughs) We get split screen.
1: We do get split
0: screen that's that's a De Palma staple, though. <laughs> De Palma could,
1: be worse. We could get picture in picture like uh, oh, like last week.
0: Ooh, <laughs> uh, you see split screen, and sometimes in movies. But I don't think anybody has ever used split screen as effectively as De Palma. Because for some of the split screen, the other half of the screen is just Carrie's eyes. Yeah, as we're, we're seeing people get all fucked up. And then the other side of the screen is just Carrie's eyes. Is that thing that's fucking them up? Her head.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because I think the implication is that not everybody's laughing. It's just in her head. She's like basically hallucinating yeah. it because she's so deep in her own psychoses that she, she's manifesting what she thinks is happening. And I'm sure there are some, like fucking Chris's idiot friends, but I get the feeling that not that many people are laughing.
0: And then, um, the way the light changes I like too, because up until this it was a lot of more soft blue and yellow lighting. Yeah. And then now it is just pure red. Everything is red. And so she she starts just she gets the fire hose to, to fly around and start spraying all the kids down. Uh Norma takes that full brunt of that fire hose and PJ Souls actually did that stunt herself. Oh wow. She suffered severe inner ear damage from that fire hose. And it took her six months to recover from that stunt. Fire hose
1: is a very, very powerful thing okay yeah. unless you were uh unless you were a protester
0: <laughs> in the sixties you probably don't know that she had trouble walking around for a while after that because it was inner ear damage, and the They're inner ear powerful. is what controls your like equilibrium <laughs> yeah, they are very, very powerful, yeah, that hose. Like it fucks we see it fuck her up in the movie and in reality, yeah, it indeed fucked her up. <laughs> and then Chris and Billy are watching from the window going, Oh shit, what did we do? Miss Collins gets killed by a board. Just tragic. And so uh Carrie just burns the fucking school to the ground, kills everybody.
1: It's like that Skindred song, No One Gets Out Alive.
0: Yeah. And um there is no music during all of this. No, that which makes it even more effective and horrifying. Carrie's walking all blood-covered in the parking lot and Sissy Spacek for this role, she went full on method. Like she completely isolated herself away from the cast and then after they drop the blood on her, Sissy Spacek is like, "Don't wash it off. I must keep wearing this to stay in character." And so she didn't shower anything for like 4 days. It's- just, just wore this blood.
1: I see. She went to the Jared Leto school of uh, of method acting.
0: Yeah, Chris and Billy decide to try and run her over, but Carrie just flips their car
1: in a less than stellar effect, followed by some excited Michael Bay noises.
0: Yeah, that's exactly my note. Note there too, excited Michael Bay noise. Their car blows up, uh,
1: unreasonably so, blows up. But you know, whatever. No one and nothing of value was lost.
0: And then um Carrie gets home. Carrie comes home. And then I have a note here because it went to commercial break. What? And I have a note here in all caps that says Bobby Flay made a brand of cat food named named after his cat. It's Bobby Flay Cat Food by Nacho. The fuck? And I did I th- not
1: know that. I could have I could have gone without knowing that.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a terrible commercial. I've seen it so many more times since I watched a lot of Tubi this week. Oh, yeah. And it's Bobby Flay is in this kitchen picking up food, and he's like, I'm making cat food! And there's, like, the kitchen, which is, like, one of those really, really fancy kitchens. There's fucking cats all over the kitchen. It's horrifying.
2: <laughs> that,
0: that
1: does sound like a personal hell of mine, yeah.
0: Yeah, and he's like, I've named this cat food Nacho! <laughs> Because my cat is named Nacho, and I'm Bobby Flay, and you'll fucking buy this.
1: Because it's Nacho cat food. Yeah. Eh, eh, I'll show myself out.
0: And I put, well, at least it wasn't another Long John Silver's ad. <laughs>
1: Would you like to launder your money? <laughs> Come to Long John
0: Silver's. <laughs> Fish yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fish yeah.
0: <laughs> I need so, to... Probably, probably
1: in Nacho's fucking <laughs> cat yeah.
0: The fucking Long Long John Silvers Silver's and Bobby Flay cat food. Bobby Flay's like, I'm not going to go to the fucking fish market for real fish. Just put some fucking Long John Silvers cod in there.
1: I'll give them my money so I don't have to pay taxes. And here you give me the fucking Long John Silvers for my cat food. It's great.
0: I swear we should start doing Long John Silvers commercials in our episodes.
1: Just, like, play it completely straight. Just regular-ass Long John Silvers commercials. Just, like, get some old copy from, like, the 90s or something and just read it.
0: Or maybe, you know, we could always use a sponsor, Long John Silvers. Fish, yeah! yeah.
1: Fish, yeah, we'll even pretend to eat your food. Yeah! Pretend I'm not. I'm, I'm not actually eating it.
0: Oh God, I'd rather microwave some fish sticks.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not. I'm not that crazy. I'm not that much of a salt,
0: but I'll pretend to. Anyway, back to the movie. Carrie gets home, and there's candles everywhere. Um, like Margaret White, we realize she's lost her shit. Yeah, we've walked into the set of
1: Santa Sangre at this we, point.
0: Oh, exactly! It is Santa Sangre in here. And, um, but Mom's nowhere to be found, so Carrie has the time to, like, go take a whole shower and then change her clothes. And then she comes down and Mom's like, SEX IS BAD!
1: There was no sex. I just murdered an entire school of people.
0: Yeah, well, the Mom's like, YOUR FATHER SLEPT WITH ME BEFORE MARRIAGE, THAT'S WHY YOU WERE EVIL! And, well, uh, we have
1: we have the implied marital rape.
0: Yeah, and the implied because, marital rape, where she says, "And I liked it."
1: Because goddamn it, we cannot get away from
0: from this. Yeah. Then uh, she she stabs Carrie like right in the back. And then this woman's insane. She's making the sign of the cross. She's like, "I have to carry my daughter because religion."
1: The Binding of Isaac.
0: Yeah. Oh. I gotta play that game. It's really good. I have the soundtrack.
1: The soundtrack is phenomenal.
0: Yeah, I love the soundtrack. But Carrie just throws every goddamn knife in the house at her mom. Yep, and kills
1: her much in the same way as the Christ statue in the-
0: Yeah, it's an intentional parallel
1: there. die like your Christ did.
0: Very different death in the book, though.
1: Yeah, she just stops her heart or something right yeah
0: she just stops her heart she's like mom i'm imagining your heart and it's beating slower and slower and it's stopping and the mom like dies cuz her heart stopped
1: <laughs> it's way cooler it's just so like that that's actual power right
0: yeah well even in the remake they still do the knife death
1: i know i thought they would do the, the yeah
0: thing. i thought they would too in the remake because they were trying to be more i don't know because
1: yeah, the remake <laughs> the remake, yeah, the, well, they both they both do different things that are accurate to the book, and they both do things that are not.
0: Yeah, but they both have the knife death that's not in the book. Right. So Carrie says, fuck the world, I'm just gonna destroy the house. She gets into the closet and just fucking implodes this house.
1: Rocks fall, everyone dies. Yeah.
0: Rocks fall, the house is destroyed, and then we get Sue Snell in bed the next day, you know, like, just mentally broken from what she's happened.
1: The, she's the only survivor of her entire school.
0: And we get the dream sequence that is film history. Um, this dream sequence is actually they filmed it completely backwards. Like, from, like, the hand to, to her walking, it's all backwards. She's walking backwards is how they filmed it. Huh. Just so when they would run it regular, you know, it would look even more dreamlike and eerie. Ah, clever. Yeah. Well, it's De Palma! <laughs> And Sissy Spacek being full on, uh, Jared Leto, she insisted that it be her hand that grabs her for, for the jump scare.
1: Jesus. And
0: they Brian, Brian De Palma's like, well, well, Sissy, we have to bury you with rocks. That's why we're using a stunt hand. And she's like, no, it must be my hand. Bury me with rocks. I have not washed this blood in five days
1: today the insurance company would say not a goddamn
0: chance yeah we're getting jackie chan <laughs> yes yeah. but um that huge jump scare film history i mean that's what inspired the entire end of friday the 13th yeah friday
1: the 13th literally it was inspired by it. yeah and i'm like oh we're we getting the we're uh, we getting the uh, fake ending here i'm like yep yep yeah, that's what we got
0: and actually um the way that Amy Irving wakes up from the dream and screaming was so real that her mom actually just screamed Amy instead of Sue. Right.
1: And it is actually her. Yeah. Cause it actually is her mom.
0: So her mom is actually like really scared and worried. And she's like, Oh my God, Amy. Yeah. Wonderful movie. One of my absolute favorites.
1: Yeah, I like this movie is excellent. Uh, there's, there's definitely, I feel like there's some questionable decisions.
0: This uh, is, the um.
1: Random nudity in the beginning, definitely kind of why. And, uh, I'm not a big fan of that false ending thing. I, I mean, this was one of the first times it was done, so I I should probably cut it some slack, but.
0: But also, De Palma's filmed it in such a way that you should know that it's false.
1: That's true.
0: I mean, it is very dreamlike. Um, but then again, so was the prom. <laughs>
1: Right. Well the whole movie has, has this kind of kind of vibes. Like you definitely wonder whether this is all in a psychologically abused Carrie's head. Yeah. <laughs> um, um great tension. Yeah. I mean the movie's ex the acting is excellent, obviously the direction is, is impeccable. I mean, given the the pedigree of the the director.
0: Where I place this on the coffee scale is the uh Oh, you wake up when you want to on a Saturday morning, fully rested, having slept in, and you you make the coffee of your choice that you own at home, and you get to sit back and enjoy your day off with this cup of coffee. That that's just the peak coffee right there.
1: I, I'm not quite that deep into it, <laughs> but I, I did enjoy this movie. It's definitely you know it's definitely it's definitely taster's choice here. Not it the is. shitty co- not the shitty coffee, but actually choice of the taster
0: yes (laughs) taster's choice not necessarily folger's taster's choice you the taster have made your choice of your coffee that's right
1: it it is a very good movie obviously this is a quality film but from a quality director based on a, a pretty good novel uh competent horror film great you know great cast i mean wonderful music one of the few stephen king adaptations that actually works pretty well
0: yeah um in De Palma's career, this falls right in between, uh, well, The Fury was after this. Right before this, I think, was Fa- Phantom of the Paradise, mm-hmm. which I think we should do. It's a, it's, as if, it's like a 1970s modern adaptation of Phantom of the Opera. That'd be fun. It's got some good camera work. It's a big cult film. A lot of people really, really love it. I'm just kind of meh on it.
1: Kind of mid, do you?
0: Yeah. It's a musical. No, sh- okay. Well, I mean, it's based on Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> yeah, I know, but De Palma musical? I mean... The De Palma musical is interesting, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's an interesting idea.
0: But yeah, anything else on Carrie?
1: The remake's fun, too. It's not as good, but um, it holds its own in, in its own way.
0: Chloe Grace Moretz and, is uh, certainly talented.
1: Yes. Uh, I, 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 She plays the a similar... Yeah, obviously, it's the same character... And it's interesting because you have these two characters who are obviously incredibly... I mean, they have these characters incredibly naive and probably too good for the world. And it's just abused out of existence. And they both play the character a little bit differently, both to great effect.
0: Well, actually, the remake got me to respect Chloe Grace Moritz a whole lot more. Because before that remake, her big roles were Let Me In, where she is a vampire that fucks up a bunch of bullies. And Kick-Ass, where she plays Hit-Girl... Fucks up a bunch of bullies. Fucks up a bunch of everybody.
1: <laughs> I love her as Hit Girl.
0: Yeah. So good. And she goes from those to being shy, bullied Carrie. And she actually does it well.
1: Who fucks up a bunch of bullies.
0: Yeah, who does? Well, she fucks up a bunch of everybody. But yeah. but no, she
1: is very, She is very good. Plays the character differently, but to the same effect. It's actually pretty cool.
0: So our bonus feature this week is the crap.
1: <laughs> the crap. No. As, your, as, your, as your dad called as
0: my dad called it. it it's The Craft C-R-A-F-T 1996 Yep, where we get some girls using witches witch powers to get revenge and then next week is westerns we get to go to the old yeehaw. west next yeah yeehaw indeed so we will catch you then Good night bye <laughs>